Equan, cut the music. We are back. Sigs Inside Podcast, episode 21. A little bit of a hiatus. We have a bit of a skeleton crew here. We got uh, Seattle, Kylie, and I, and we're going to be uh, running shit for the day. So, uh, football. Football is back, finally. Uh, we have Woo! preseason football this week. And then next week, we've got college football coming in. So, it's uh, definitely a very exciting time, especially with uh, basketball already having wrapped up and that that's already closed off so uh we got some new content coming in here i believe we've only covered the nfl in uh in the draft yeah uh right yep that's so right that's that's kind of crazy so we'll start here uh with college football something that i know we really haven't ever covered uh just get an initial reaction to the ap top 25 uh and then games that we're overall looking forward to yeah i think the top 25 is pretty, pretty accurate, I would say. Um, definitely surprised. I mean, they definitely earned the respect. Cincinnati in the top 10, I think they're going to be an exciting team this year. They're pretty much returning most of their guys from last year, which made a New Year's Six Bowl and really pushed that pretty good Georgia team. And they also have two pretty tough games that they have scheduled. So I think if they win those against Notre Dame and IU both on the road, and then I'm sure they'll do good in the conference, I think they'll definitely have a chance potentially to be looking at the playoff. I don't necessarily see too many surprises. Maybe Louisiana Lafayette, which I guess they were ranked last year. So maybe that's pretty accurate, but – LSU, they were kind of stinky last year. So <laughs> seeing them in there is a little bit surprising. But, yeah, I think I think it's pretty accurate. I um, definitely see the SEC bias towards the top. But uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, I don't – personally, I don't really feel like Alabama should be the number one team – just because we're not really sure exactly what's going to happen with Bryce Young. Obviously, they're a super talented team. They will definitely, if not probably, make the playoff. But I feel like Oklahoma is being kind of undervalued in the poll. Um, I feel like they are. They do have the best team coming into the season. Um, Spencer Rattler, I, I feel like, is the best quarterback coming into the season. He just has a ton of talent, um, and I think he'll be incredibly motivated going into this year for sure because of the NFL draft. And oh, also, yeah. um, their defense, um, while in the secondary, there are still some concerns, uh, but their pass rush unit is very talented, um, and I feel like they will be able to kind of carry them throughout the rest of the season. Um I feel like they're the best team in the Big 12 by far. I don't really imagine them losing any games uh, in the regular season, even against Iowa State or Kansas State. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like they'll come into the college football playoff with probably the an undefeated record. Um, outside of that, uh, I – I think the other the other three teams, you know, are are properly placed. Um, I I like I like Clemson and Ohio State to do well this year. Uh, 
Georgia is obviously is a, is obviously a, a, a really good team that um, could push the ball a little bit with uh, JT Daniels um, and kind of put some pressure on Alabama. Um, so yeah, like I I think uh, Alabama being the clear cut favorite number one is maybe a little bit of an overreaction, but uh, I definitely I definitely feel like those five teams are a cut above everybody else i'm happy for cincinnati uh getting eighth that's their highest ap poll ranking in team history so that's pretty cool that's good for them too uh looking at their schedule they open up miami of ohio then they got murray state and then they've got their two big tests uh they got a nice little buy in there but uh they're at indiana on september 18th and then at notre dame on october 2nd so those are brutal. going to be two brutal tests for that team. Um, and even should they win both of those, they probably, if they go undefeated, finish fifth place again, uh, just because the whole committee's screwed up. But, uh, yeah, overall, not too many things here. I'll be interested to see what Miami looks like uh, at the end of the season versus the start of this season. I know with them, a lot of times, it's it's a concern with me anytime that Miami gets ranked very high just because that opens the doors up for them to climb up and ranking, climb up and ranking, and then get the doors blown off of them. Uh, <laughs> they open up with Alabama. Yeah. So that we might get that out of the way early. But, you know, they've got Bama and they've got UNC this year too. And UNC should have a pretty strong team as well. Oh, so, yeah. Sam Howell's I like, back. Yeah, yeah, I like Clemson, I was- obviously. But uh, I – the ACC continues to kind of close a little or open up a little bit more. Um, it used to be that whoever made it out of the coastal would just get wiped and it would just rotate each year, whether that was, you know, Clemson or FSU making it, uh, whoever played against them would end up getting wiped. But, you know, you've got UNC here and you've got Miami here as well, who actually could pose a realistic challenge, uh, Mm. to those teams. Uh, so shifting gears here, unless you guys have anything else on the uh, on the poll itself. Uh, if not, I'm going to shift gears to matchups overall that we're uh, looking forward to here. I guess I've got a couple things I'll just go through quickly. Um, kind of to your point, Seattle, I would agree. I think Bama's in first because they won the Natty last year. Um, definitely – could see Oklahoma earning that spot just based off the returning players. And also like with the top five, you kind of like, we've kind of seen what Clemson's quarterback is going to do. He played pretty solid when Trevor Lawrence got COVID and Georgia is also returning their quarterback. But I think just this year is going to be super interesting because I feel like more than pretty much ever, there's a lot more of the top teams that, are replacing their quarterback and replacing a lot of other key pieces. Obviously the other key pieces are usually pretty replaceable and they're usually still like five stars that have just been working in the program. But quarterback is a big spot to replace, especially with some of these teams having some early big games, but Aiden kind of going off the year point, Say Cincinnati does go undefeated. They beat Notre Dame and Indiana both on the road. And 
say Georgia and Clemson go undefeated other than their week one game, would you do you think the committee would put them put whoever lost in over Cincinnati? I hope not. <laughs> I uh I sure as hell hope not. But uh it I guess, you know, it's I hate using the cop out answer of it depends. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, let's say that both let's say uh they do go undefeated. Georgia's schedule, like I'm looking at it right now, their only other ranked opponent that they have this year is Florida. Um and even on the tail end, like I don't see any of the teams realistically like I think Auburn can end up getting ranked at some point mm-hmm. this year but you're looking at I'll just go through their schedule UAB South Carolina Vanderbilt none of those teams are going to get ranked mm-hmm. Arkansas may- maybe I, I, maybe maybe Auburn maybe K- Kentucky I mean after all those guys just got arrested I don't think so <laughs> um gotta throw in a plug for that <laughs> Florida they'll presume they'll be ranked Missouri probably not Tennessee Charleston Southern, no. Georgia Tech, definitely not. So, like, that's not. Yeah. Wow. It's actually, like, somewhat possible that Cincinnati could make it in over them if the one loss yeah. is a Georgia loss. Like, even, let's say Georgia wipes the floor with everyone. I don't think anytime I see a Florida game late in the season, I'm going to assume that that win won't mean as much just because mm-hmm. of their recent tendencies to kind of choke it away. I also I'm very biased against all Florida schools besides UCF because of me growing up down here. All I heard was Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow. Seminoles are so much better. Gators are so much better uh, for years to the point Mm -hmm. where I've just thrown this great disdain. And then you have the Miami fans on the side too, waiting for their turn again. Right. But uh, yeah, so I've just wanted to clear that clear the air on that one. But uh, yeah. hopefully Cincinnati would get in over them just because I think Cincy, realistically looking at it, like they have the opportunity to play more ranked Definitely. teams. I think the only other team that could present, potentially pose a threat to an undefeated Cincinnati would be UNC if they have a really good uh, regular season and manage to beat Clemson, a really good Clemson team in the ACC yeah. championship. Yes. Because in their regular season – they're going to play Notre Dame and Miami and Virginia. Virginia could potentially be a ranked team too. So that would be three pretty good opponents for them. I also look at Oregon potentially with five Pac-12 teams ranked. Um, I'm, I'm sure that'll definitely change, but if they go undefeated, they, they've got the name and they've historically been very good. So – Yep, we'll see about that. Shut but, up, Ball State for fetching six votes too. I yeah. didn't notice that, but uh, Ball State got six votes at the end there. Um, UAB, oh UAB did get two votes. Okay, good for them. Uh, it's exciting though. It's super exciting to be talking college football again. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. Also, too, with the whole forfeits for COVID instead of uh, looking to reschedule games. That too. That's hopefully we don't get to that situation. Uh. I have my doubts about uh, the way things are going currently, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it it should be a really exciting season. And if it's not completely returned to normal, it's certainly going to be a big step in the right direction. Definitely. All right. Uh, Matchups, college football matchups here. What games are we going to have on the TV? Uh, 
week one. It could be week one or week two. It, college football is a little weird to me how, like, the week one, quote-unquote, is spread across, like, three weeks, damn near. Yeah. Weeks, that's how it always feels. Yeah. Um, so what, what games are we looking forward to that first week? Definitely, this is a layup for whoever wants it. Definitely <laughs> the biggest one that I already mentioned, Clemson-Georgia. Neutral site game, but it's in the Carolinas in Charlotte, so I'm sure it'll be an overwhelming Clemson crowd. But, I mean, this game's going to be huge. It's going to be – I'm super excited for it. I think, you know, in the past few years, both these teams have been in the national championship, Clemson more often. But, you know, Georgia's returning their quarterback and a lot of their team and Clemson – replacing that huge hole with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think it'll be really interesting. I think, I mean, Ugalele or whatever, however you say it, their new quarterback, he's he's got a few big games under his belt just from Trevor getting COVID. But this is a huge game to start off just being the regular starter. So it'll be interesting to see with that. And also the other game – that I'm definitely going to be tuned into. Bama, Miami, as you mentioned, in Atlanta, which Bama fans like to refer to as their second home, unfortunately. Um, I think that'll be a huge game with Bama having a fre- – or not freshman, but new quarterback and Derek King coming back. It's a huge game to put Miami back on the map. If they were somehow able to pull this off, I think – it just blows the doors open on this whole college football season. I think for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Indiana, Iowa um, week one. I think both those teams will probably be some of the more underrated teams in the, in the big 10 this year. Um, uh, Indiana should have a great season because they're returning mostly everybody and Iowa are usually, you know, perennially a, a very formidable team throughout the Big Ten. So that should be a great opening game. Um, outside of that, uh, there's not really too much else that I'm really looking forward to. A lot of the other matchups are kind of, you know, meaningless games or <laughs> or blowouts. <laughs> I want to see if Texas is back again in week one against Louisiana. I want to see what uh, – has Steve Sarkeesian uh, changed yeah. at all. Um I think I know the answer to that, but uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe Sark can finally uh, bring him back. It's been a few years, but uh, that's definitely a big one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, that's such a trap game for Texas. Yeah. Another one, too. LSU-UCLA is kind of a sneaky one because UCLA almost uh, cracked the top 25. Uh, mm-hmm. They were – where are they on here? Oh, I lied. No, I didn't lie. They got two votes. They almost did it few more go their way uh but that one should be a pretty good game too it's at the rose bowl as well so you got the home field advantage but uh it's a pretty strong slate of games of course notre dame gets the sunday night game fsu that's going to be exciting just because i I want to see fsu get the doors blown off them every (laughs) single opportunity that i can Uh, Uh i do feel like lsu will be a lot better next will be a lot better this year um, I don't think they will replicate the same season they did last the last year. Uh, yep. They'll definitely rebound a lot. Um, and uh, UCLA are definitely going to be an interesting team because if they don't really have a good year, 
Um, it will probably be it would be a big hit for Chip Kelly legacy wise because he's been hasn't been able to figure it out really anywhere ever since he got fired from the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Another huge game which is week two is Oregon at Ohio State. That'll be a huge game for Oregon in the Pac twelve really in general, I think. Um you know Ohio State has been in power the last few years. Well, historically as well, but definitely the last few years. Um, yeah, I think if Oregon were to go into Columbus and beat them, because I think there's some question marks at the quarterback position for Ohio State, um, that would be a huge win also. I think that will just be an exciting game in general. And then also yeah. just kind of later in the season – I'm just kind of looking at games right now, but North Carolina at Notre Dame will be a really good game as well. I really like Sam Howell, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, who who's Notre Dame's quarterback? Do you guys know? Is it that Jerkovich guy or whatever his last uh, name is? Let me look. I don't know off the top of my head. I just know he'll be there for four years probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's some question Jack marks Cone. in Notre Dame. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. He pl- did he play a little bit last year? Or where was he? He he was at Wisconsin before. Okay. I didn't even Schultz know. Have Appar- apparently, he, he like can't throw deep at all. So They're no, used they- to that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're, they're used to that. <laughs> I don't think he was very good at Wisconsin, so – yeah, I mean, other than that, it's a lot of conference games that just pretty much happen every year, so they're not that exciting. But I love when teams schedule big non-conference games. It just makes it so much better, and it just gives them a better chance or hurts them a lot for the playoff. You're, mi- you're missing the biggest week two game of them all, Butler to Paw. <laughs> so, um, well, actually, well, presumably we'll be together watching some of those uh, week two games. That should be pretty interesting. I'm excited uh, for uh, Washington, Michigan in week ooh. two. That should be a really good game because I mean, I, I feel like Washington are are very underrated team this year. I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of the mm-hmm. program, so I'm I, uh, I'm a little biased. Um, but, uh, no, I'm excited for that game. I think we, I think we'll probably win. You ever seen a game there? Uh, Michigan stadium at, at the big house? Yeah. No, I have not. Oh um, man. I, I, uh, I, well, I, I've been up there though, cause I visited, uh, Noah Braden mm-hmm. and he lives like right, right by the stadium. What, what if, what an experience like, yeah. Oh I, my Lord. I, um, I really want to go out there sometime. I think it'd be incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sick. So I'm looking at NFL draft here real quick. Uh, top two players right now projected. I don't see that changing. Uh, Rattler at one, and then uh, Thibodeau at two out of Oregon. Um, so not, I don't know of many movers. Essentially, uh, I'm gonna catch some Nevada games too for Carson Strong. Uh, he's the next kind of small school guy that people are talking up, and you know I'm hooked on those. Whether it's uh, basketball or football, if it's someone kind of uh. It's like those people who only listen to indie music 
Uh, I'm that way with international prospects and small school guys. I just hyper focus <laughs> in on them and that's my taste. So I, unless we have any last college football thoughts, we're going to move here to a tiny bit of NFL. Uh, we'll have more next week, of course. We'll have more college and then we'll be doing NFL win-loss bets that we personally like. Uh, so anything college football, last, last call. For Dan. <laughs> I can agree with that now. <laughs> I could also say a generic go Tigers and it would be good enough uh, kind of cover everything there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So that's it for college football, uh, NFL. Uh, the most recent news that we have out of that today is uh, Carl Lawson ruptured his Achilles for the jets, which uh, no matter who's the coach, who they have at quarterback, they will still never be able to escape the fact that they're the jets, unfortunately. So just a, it's a tough blow though that ruptured Achilles injury, especially for like the big name guy that they went out and acquired too. So it's it, it's going to be rough for them being able to find a way to recover from. Yeah, um, at least unfortunately, at least fortunately for them, Zach Wilson kind of rebounded from the the negative uh, perception that he was starting to acquire from the Jets front office <laughs> yeah. were, were sending out quotes like, oh, he, it's already Dar- Darnold again. And, but he had a pretty good preseason game. He probably had the best preseason game out of any of the, of the, of the other QBs. So um, I feel like, I feel like it, until the Jets like play their first game against the Panthers, I feel like we'll just have to kind of wait and see for them. But, but yeah, it's, it's not looking good for them. Yeah, so I was looking at a – I like Trey Lance's game, even though he only completed five passes, which is kind of nuts. He was still able to get 128 yards. But Justin Fields looked like the real deal. Granted, it was not against starters, though. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, but, yeah, so kind of transitioning in that, Ben. Uh, let me add another quarterback's list. So we're going to be going through rookie quarterbacks here, uh, just talking about when we think they're going to be starting. Could be for fantasy purposes. I don't know. Uh but yeah, these first two should kind of be layups. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. When are they starting? Do we even need to discuss this? Or, uh, yeah, they're starting with one. Like one? <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's, a lock. it's a lock for both of them. All right, there we go. Those two out of the way. Uh, now, now the conversations become somewhat interesting. Uh, Trey Lance is uh, next on our list. So when is Trey going to end up playing? Uh, I really like the roster that the 49ers have and I just think Trey Lance just could take him to a whole nother level but I'm also if I'm a 49ers fan like I'd be hesitant as well like Garoppolo's been there done that he can definitely control the game he just can't stay healthy so I think it's kind of fitting to have you know the next guy up as the backup and if that were to be the case where he gets hurt again but all the reports out of camp have been that he's looked really good. And I think I think you can look in too much to the completion percentage in the first preseason game. Yeah. But he also had an absolute dime for an 80-yard touchdown. So I think he takes that offense to a whole nother level, especially with Shanahan's creativity. I think it would be really exciting – for him to start, but also you're paying Garoppolo so much money 
and he I think he's kind of a safer option. So I would almost look at it kind of as the Fitz, Fitzpatrick Tua situation from last year mm-hmm. where Fitzmagic was doing pretty good. They got to a bye week and they said it's time. And yeah, they still and they're played week six as well. So it's early enough in the yep. season that it wouldn't be catastrophic. Yeah. So if it it's going well, maybe stick with it. And if it's not, you got 10 games left to switch it up, see what Trey Lance can do. Cause he's definitely going to be your quarterback of the future. You don't take him third overall just to sit his ass on the bench. So I definitely think at some point this year he starts. I'm going to say that that conversation starts at the bye week. Um, those first five games for them, they open up at Detroit, at Philadelphia, home against Green Bay, home against Seattle, and then at Arizona. They should have a decent feel at that point. If they're not, you know, if they don't win those first two games and at least compete in the others, I feel as if there are definitely going to be a lot of rumblings to make the comp- make the change. And, of course, you know, you got Jimmy G's health, too. So, it might not even be a conversation. It might be he got hurt again, so we need to make the switch. But if I were them, I would start Jimmy G, let uh, Lance develop, and then if either shit hits the fan or it gets to the point where you feel as if you're comfortable enough starting him, then you look to do that preferably after the after the bye week. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um I, I, I don't I don't really feel like they, they have to rush into into starting him either. Um, especially if the first two opponents that they have, they can kind of engage to see how their offense is with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um but I mean as we've seen, I mean this team has a lot of quality, even with Jimmy 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 G being the starter. And and so um I agree. I think by the bye week, maybe that will be a a uh the time that will be the time when they decide to go with Trey after playing both the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Um, I think that'll be a really good gauge for, to see kind of how, where they are as a team. Uh, yeah. So I think that's, we're all kind of uh, in agreement here. Uh, next one, another interesting one, Justin Fields. To me, this one's a lot more clear cut than uh than the others. I think he should start either week one or week two. Uh, I, I don't think he needs to develop much, um, but we've seen it before where you have these, I feel like Fields as a quarterback is more developed than Deshaun was when he was first coming into the league. Not to say that'll be as good as Deshaun was, but just on a pure development side, I think it's fair to say that he's further along. Um, so I'm thinking he Fields could end up winning that job by week one or potentially even in week two. And I think that's – honestly, that's in the Bears' best interest. I don't know where Andy Dalton gets this team. I, I think you need that – I completely agree. You need that ceiling raiser more so than you need that safe guy for them. I completely agree, especially going against a team like the Rams in week mm-hmm. one. Like if you go – if you start Dalton, I mean, you're, you're – you're, the probability of them winning that game, I feel like, completely plummets. Yep. And so I, I feel like it's just a situation kind of like where the Seahawks were with Russell Wilson. Like they had signed Matt Flynn in that in the in the free agency prior to the draft, and then 
Russell Wilson fell to them in, in the third round. Um, and Russell Wilson clearly was the best quarterback in camp. So it, it was kind of this signals like, this is our guy. Let's just start going with it. And, you know, even though they made the investment on somebody like Andy Dalton for that insurance, I mean, that's why you have, that's why you have him on the roster. Right. The fields is not ready. He could always come in to start. Uh, I just, the one thing I think that's the problem though, is that it seems like Andy Dalton has the attitude that he is the starter and that that's what the front office has kind of promised him in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that is the one issue where it's just sort of like, like bears, like, why are you doing such a bears thing? <laughs> just start fields, get it going. Cause even after the Rams, they play the Bengals and that even though, I, I do like the Bengals going into the season if Burrow is able to be healthy. Um, I think that's obviously a very winnable game, even with Fields as a starter. Yes, I, I can agree with that too. And just in regards to Burrow real quick, I think a big thing for him too is not necessarily the health of his knee, but also like how how is he doing mentally? Just because when you recover sure. from that injury, it's being able to trust, especially that it happened in such a gruesome uh manner it's it's going to be interesting to see you know how does how does burrow end up coming out of the gate for them oh absolutely yeah i i I really like the Bengals though going into the year if uh if um if they can work it out i think they've made some improvements on the offensive line and the fact that uh um they're they have a a a set receiving core of young receivers is i think it's going to be really beneficial for them agreed uh kylie fields when now <laughs> that's there all i have go. to say there we go short and sweet all right so we have three rookie quarterbacks left uh i'm gonna throw in my rookie quarterback later but uh the next one on the list mac jones new england uh right now they have cam newton still taking first team reps uh before i ask the question their bye week is in week uh very late I think that's week 13 um, or 14. I don't know how many weeks are in the season anymore with all the changes, but yeah, very late bye week for new England, but they do open up with Miami and the jets. So when is Mac Jones going to be the starter? I think they should roll with cam to start. I'm a little biased, but I think, you know, they brought in all these pieces. I think, Mac Jones kind of came onto the scene late and he definitely has the arm talent definitely kind of fits you know what they had with Tom Brady and like the style of play but I think you know Cam was playing really well for them before he got COVID and it all just went downhill I think with a full off season and getting more healthy you kind of got to give him a chance you know you have Mac Jones on the bench, so if he starts throwing bounce passes again, then <laughs> that's when it's time to switch. But, you know, just Cam's leadership, and I think he's really hungry right now. Um, I would just kind of ride it out and exhaust everything that he's got left. I mean, he's on a one-year deal. See what he's got. Like I said, if he starts stinking it up, put in, put in Mac, I think he'll – have success especially in that organization and with all the pieces they brought in but I wouldn't necessarily be rushing to put them in 
Um, I actually feel like the Patriots uh, will go with Mac Jones um, because uh, I, I feel like we've we've kind of seen the offense with Cam Newton. It's not that they. It's not that like I don't feel like the the that the Patriots um, wouldn't be successful with Cam Newton with the improvements they've made at the roster. I just think it's like, especially that they're playing the Dolphins week one, um, like the Dolphins have already seen the offense with Cam Newton so many times. Um, and uh, I just don't think, especially like with who they're playing early in the season that uh, starting Cam Newton really gives them very much upside. And Mac Jones had a really good preseason game. I think the Patriots fans are really excited for him. Um, and, and he wasn't just doing uh, like simple throws in the first game. Like they were running in the hurry up offense. Um, and uh, the, the Patriots kept the first team offensive line out there for him. Um, so clearly, I think they're they, clearly there's some comfortability there already with the first team. Uh, and I think that going against a team like Miami so early on in the season will motivate Belichick enough to try to make the high upside move because they've yeah, already made so yeah. many. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I just wanted to yeah, add no, one more thing. Okay. That's all good. Um, it, it, they, they've already like, they've invested so much money on the receiving core and in the tight end position for this roster so I feel like they gotta they gotta feel like they they want to see what they get with Mac Jones right away, and if it doesn't work out, they could always go back with Cam. Yeah, I think they'll go to him sooner rather than later. Uh, it's a question of when does he have the offense figured out because that is not an easy offense to work in. Um, I know with Houston, Houston took a lot of that offense as well, and a lot of the younger guys, specifically receivers, struggled with how, like what routes they should be running because a lot of it's option routes. So that coverage schemes for like blocking schemes from the line and stuff like that can be pretty difficult for guys to pick up. So if he's able to pick that up, I think as soon as he does, you rock with him. But I'm not sure as to when that'll be. Next up, uh, Kylie, you get a solo run on this one. Congrats. Uh, your quarterback got hurt. So, uh, Ellinger. Uh, Ellinger or Eason, and why? So, <clears throat> I've been – I don't know. I've been so torn on this ever since Carson got hurt. You know, I think there's upside to both of them. I love Jacob Eason's arm talent. I think he's super talented. He can – expand our offense especially with the play action with how good our run game is um I think I think he's more of like a playmaker but with Ellinger I think he he's more confident he takes command of the team you can already see it he goes up to the line like he's a 10-year vet um I think he's probably a more intelligent player and he's definitely got more experience starting um, Eason only really started two years in college and didn't really get many reps last year. So he's still theoretically pretty much a rookie. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning Eason for the few games that we'll have to start someone. Uh, I wish we could just combine them, have Eason's arm talent with Ellinger's kind of mind, but 
you know, I don't think we could go wrong with either option just with what we're dealt with. I think both can go in there and all they really have to do is make the plays that they need to and just hand the damn ball off to our four capable running backs behind our top O line. So as long as they can make make some plays and not turn the ball over, I think either option should be fine. But I think we're kind of leaning Easton right now because he did really well in the preseason game and he's been looking good in camp as well. There we go. You heard it here first. We have one rookie left, and then we have a uh, non-rookie that's kind of being treated like a rookie. So I'll I'll do the one rookie remaining. Uh, David Davis Mills with the Houston Texans. Uh, good lord, I <laughs> it's it's going to be tough either way. Um, I'm going to say they look to start him in Week Four with Tyrod Taylor's history as a quarterback. You wait for him to get hurt, and then the guy c- turns into a superstar that enters for him. So uh, maybe that happens, but uh, assuming it doesn't, we have to evaluate what we have in Davis Mills. Not sure how much that will end up being, but he's been doing decent at camp. So I'm going to say around week four, we make the switch to Davis Mills. So the final quarterback that we will be discussing here is Drew Locke. Did I miss any other controversial uh, quarterback battles? I don't, I don't believe I did. Did I? Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco, baby. (laughs) Maybe maybe next week we can discuss that one. Uh, But in the meantime, though, Denver, looking over there, uh, what direction is Denver going to be looking to go this season? Um, Quarterback-wise specifically, you have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke really competing for that spot. I believe as of now, it's Drew Locke is number one on the depth chart. So which way does Denver go? this season I mean I think you got to go Drew Locke he looked really good in the first preseason game he knows the team he knows the offense I think he's got a huge chip on his shoulder I think he's super talented he's just between the two ears is where his problems come in I think I don't know I definitely think it was smart to bring in a a capable quarterback to kind of light that fire under him. But, you know, I think also with a guy that has some issues mentally when he starts struggling, I think, you know, just having that idea in the back of his head that there's a guy on the bench that could easily come in and be the same, if not arguably better, will be there if he starts struggling. But, you know, they've really built up that defense – Patrick Sertan is an absolute beast already. Um, you know, I don't know. With a with a rookie running back as well, they've got Melvin Gordon, but I really think uh, Javante Williams will start there. Uh, you know, I would go Locke, to be honest, but, I mean, we we've seen what you can get from Teddy Bridgewater when he's healthy. He's good. He's not great. He He's very injury prone. So I think both will probably play at some point. Maybe Bridgewater starts and probably gets hurt and Locke comes back in. But I think just with that chip on his shoulder and how he's looked so far, 
it looks like he's not just going to hand that job over. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I feel like I feel like Locke um, definitely does. I mean, I, I feel like you're, you don't really get much different from either player. Um, and so I feel like the Broncos, because of that chip on his shoulder, because of the chip on Drew Locke's shoulder, and just like the the upside that is there if he if he can figure it out, um, and also the fact that uh, I, I feel like Drew Locke has hasn't really been able to play with this entire uh, supporting cast like when they're healthy, and so the fact that he'll finally get a chance to play with KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy along with Noah Fant healthy for the first time. I think that also is a big thing to, t- to take into account. And Cortland Sutton. And Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. That's the biggest one. Like <laughs> Their weapons are stacked low-key. Yeah, right. they should be a good offense. Like one would think that they should have – I mean, just with Noah Fant alone. But you look at those other guys too, like that's a pretty strong – like they have pieces there. For sure. They definitely do. This team is arguably a quarterback away from competing for a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Absolutely, which I is why it, with that. which was so, it was so shocking why they didn't take a young quarterback in the draft. I'm sure you guys have, have talked about that. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, we did discuss it a little bit, but yeah, I, I think quarterback would certainly, at the very least, kind of force them into the playoff discussion. Uh, but, I mean, it's uh, it's weird. I think that Drew and Teddy end up playing close to the same amount of games this year, though, whether or not that's benching or injuries or what have you. Uh, I think that's the way that they end up going. I'm not sure if they'll be able to find any. I think Drew's going to have games where he looks phenomenal and then games where he looks horrible. I think Teddy will just have slow and steady games that he doesn't really – go too far in the direction one way or another. I think the biggest uh, thing with Teddy uh, really encompasses him was the amount of one possession losses that the Panthers had last year was just absolutely staggering where they were in games until the very end and then they would lose over and over and over again. Um, let me let me try to count here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Eight, nine, ten, eleven. They had eleven one possession or uh, ten one possession losses. So it's he keeps games close, and or wait, sorry, eight one possession losses. He keeps games very close until the end, and then uh, isn't able to get you over the hump. So I think either way, they'll both end up playing around the same. That's uh, that's all I've got. You guys got anything else here, or uh, are we good to go? Um, you want to talk about New Orleans's quarterback competition oh. at all? Oh yeah, good call. Yeah, okay, we'll wrap up with the Saints then. Wow, I completely forgot that that was a conversation. Yeah, no, they. Um, I think uh, for the most part, I mean, obviously the third three quarterbacks are Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and then they Ian Book also got some time in the in the preseason game. Um, all of them throw through intercept. All of them through interceptions in the last game versus the Ravens. So <laughs> it seems yeah. like this quarterback battle has been a little bit of a bloodbath. 
Ian Buck taking it at home. Give me LASIK jab boo. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Jameis will end up taking the job just because he's sat and kind of been able to watch for the longest, and I think he has a little bit of upside, but. Um, they could go with Taysom just because of his familiarity with the offense. But I, I just don't really – I feel like New Orleans has played this situation fairly weirdly, and I think it's going to catch up to them very quickly. <laughs> I can agree with that too because NFC South isn't really uh, – they're able to somewhat afford it. You know, Tampa, I think, still the top dog there. But Atlanta, while they did make improvements uh, – I don't think much is being expected out of them. Same with Carolina too. We'll, we'll talk more about the overall division next week, but uh, I feel like you got to go Jameis. Um, yeah. Taysom, you know what you have there. Jameis, you somewhat know, but you don't know how he's going to look in the offense. Uh, but yeah, New Orleans is uh, – they're treading water with me right now as yeah. well. Yeah, I it's, think they're going to be terrible. They don't have Slant Boy anymore either, so he's out for <laughs> – Yeah, I he may not even – he may not even dress for them ever again, it seems like. Yeah. It's just an ugly, ugly overall situation, too. Uh, they open with – they got Green Bay, Carolina, New England, New York, the Giants in this case, and Washington. So, you got the Packers with that offense. Carolina, who knows? New England, who knows? And then you got the Giants defense, which is good. And then the Washington defense, which I think should be – very good this year with Chase Young there. So they're going to have to kind of figure it out uh, pretty quickly here. So oh, yeah. that uh, consensus, Jameis here then. So yeah. uh, all right. I think both will, uh, maybe all three get playing time. Who knows? But unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for the day. Uh, thank you for 500, uh, what is it, downloads? Yep. Yeah, we hit the milestone. So uh, we got to bring that up. Uh, but yeah, see you guys here next week for the NFL season preview. Draft Mike Strong. <laughs>